Oh, we're back. Oh my god, we're back. Hi, it's the Indie Boat Podcast Special 2018 year in wrap-up. We are halfway through, well, I guess this is now more than halfway, through our wrap-up specials. We have wrapped up the year in movies, the year in television, and now it is time to wrap up the year in music. If you are unfamiliar with the Media Boat Podcast, well, first of all, we're a podcast that has all year long brought you the news about movies, music, video games, and television, not necessarily in that order. And um, this is our special where we wrap up the year in each of our each of those uh, segments by talking about the events that we've covered over the course of the year. And then in the second half, talking about our top five lists of what we thought were the best of the year. So here, because it's music, we'll be talking about the events in music news over the last year. And then we'll be talking about our top five favorite albums and maybe songs if we get to it. I have I have a list of my five favorite songs of the year. Okay. Do you? I do not off like right now, I'm written down. Uh, but I'm sure you could throw a list of I could probably think of some. But yeah, uh, uh, this is uh, the third part, like I said, out of four. Uh, so uh, my name is Matt, his name is Mike. I don't think we've actually introduced ourselves during these. Well, this is the Beat Well Podcast. Yeah, you should know this. Yes, he's Matt, I'm Mike. We've been doing this for 150 episodes. We've been doing this for Plus. a while. One hundred fifty proper episodes. I'm sure we hit two hundred with our ear and wrap ups and our yeah. um, other podcasts. Yeah, this is our third episodes. annual year and wrap up. So let's get rolling right into it. So let's start by talking about the year of music, twenty eighteen. Well, what do you think of the year of music? I think this was a really, really good year. It was a good year because it was a surprising year. I think a lot of years you fall into the trap where it's like, oh, a bunch of huge artists are releasing music, and thus those like top three records eclipse everything else in the year. Usually it's Kendrick Lamar or Beyonce will release something that just dominates the conversation all year. This year, not the case. The closest we got to that was Drake's Scorpion, which was a streaming hit, but not a fan hit and definitely not a critical hit. So you got a weird year this year where a bunch of the smaller acts got to shine. And thus, I think, in my opinion, one of the best years for music in a long, long time. I think we had a stellar year in R&B. Yes, definitely. In rap. Mm-hmm. In country. Country had a banner year this year. But where we fall short of a perfect music year yeah. is that of rock music. At least mainstream rock. I definitely found a lot of rock albums to enjoy this year, which I will be talking about those a little later. Uh, But mainstream rock, everything we have, what's happening right now with radio rock is we're having the Imagine Dragons singularity. Every band wants to have the success of of Imagine Dragons, and so slowly every band is becoming Imagine Dragons. And we had that happen with two or three albums this year. Like, you know it's, you know it's a bleak year when, so I guess, Billboard put up a, a, a thing on their um, Twitter account just last week where it was like most played songs in the radio, uh, like rock radio in mm-hmm. 2018. Out of the top five, three of those five songs were Imagine Dragons songs. Uh, Thunder, yep. Origins. Uh, and Believer. And Believer. Yep. yep. Just all year. just That's what people wanted to hear on rock radio. 
But if you look outside, though, those radio confines, there's a lot to love. Yes. And that's where we'll be looking. Yeah. But before we get into our top picks, yes. uh, specifically for the year. We talk about the year and review, what we reported, stories, and what were the biggest trends and stories that came out of the music industry this year. So, first we start, I guess, with where we get all get our music from. Yes. Spotify. Spotify, yes. Uh, Spotify, with it being hit with the copyright lawsuits. Right. Over several of the artists streaming on it. But then, also it being, um, just throughout the year, several news stories, including starting its own record label for independent artists, and then getting a new deal for streaming. Yeah. Uh, in terms of revenue share. Yeah, I think overall Spotify had a weird year because as things get bigger and bigger, they start getting regulated and think rules start to change about how what they can and can't do. And so this year, yeah, you had legal action against Spotify about things that shouldn't be there. You had uh yeah, and you had the stories about about the rule changes and about revenue splits uh being adjusted because yeah, it's been a rough year for Spotify's PR because as it gets bigger and bigger, it's more likely that you'll have um, out media outlets and artists themselves talking about the negatives of the platform and how it's actually screwing over a lot of artists, especially smaller artists. It's been a real tumultuous year for it. Well, speaking of screwing over artists, a lot of uh, record labels have been called out because of labeling albums, full-length albums, as mixtapes. Yeah, this was a recurring theme this year where nobody was really clear if something was an LP, an EP, or a mixtape, or a or a collection, or a set list, or a playlist. On top of that, double albums kind of ruled the chart. Double albums ruled the chart. This was the year of, what, uh, of continuing last year's trend of just albums getting enormous because of streaming numbers on Spotify going straight into the Billboard charts. Right. We're talking about hour-long albums. Yes. Unnecessarily hour-long yeah. albums. Stuff like, uh, from, ranging from Drake's Scorpion mm -hmm. to Nicki Minaj's Queen. Yep. To, um, to even to, most recently, Mumford & Sons' Delta. Yes. Which tried the same thing. We're getting extremely bloated albums. Unnecessary bloated, where... We would, where as a consumer, we know not all of these songs can be hits. <laughs> no. So why put it out there? Because because we it want those fills numbers. It. it fills time. Yeah. Let's see. We also found Sir Elton John. Yes. Retiring from touring. Right. He is going to have a farewell tour and then say farewell. Yep, uh, his tour will end in 2020. Yeah. But uh, we also got um, word of his biopic biopic film, <laughs> yes. Rocket Man. Yes, Rocket Man. He, uh, Starring uh, Taron Egerton. Yes, Taron Egerton will play Elton John and the story of his life. So that'll be good. Yep. And uh, with the rise of streaming, we have the end of CDs and Best Buy. Uh, basically saying they will stop selling CDs. Yeah, so Best Buy is bailing on CDs as a format completely, thanks to the dominance of streaming and MP3s. Then you have, in kind of a related thing, Target making similar concessions, but yep. instead uh, not choosing to remove them completely, but choosing them only to basically buy a la carte uh, when they deem necessary. 
Right, not only that, but Target continuing to make uh, CD-specific deals with artists. Right, yes. Have more Target-exclusive versions of the big albums. Right. And then we get into one of our continuing stories of ticket sales. Yeah. And Ticketmaster. This is a carryover from last year where we had a lot of drama about people against the people versus Ticketmaster. Yep, uh, where we had Google specifically cracking down on ticket sellers. Yes. Uh, not only that, we had Ticketmaster itself being basically banned in Ireland because right, yeah. of it. And then we also had them... Ba- uh, what was it? I think there was also a U.S. law passed... A, no, a Canadian law. A yeah. Canadian law passed against secondary ticket sales. And if you were to sell a ticket... You have to sell it back to its original source mm-hmm. in order for that to, transaction to go through. And then, as a way of combating that, uh, so I think specifically Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran started implementing face technology right. and IDs uh, for their tickets. And that was an interesting <laughs> yeah. meld of technology and music together. Kind of scary. But yeah. yeah. Weird, nonetheless. Let's see. We also have uh, Spotify's IPO. Yep. They went live. They went public. They went public. Oh, yeah. And John Williams saying he's going to retire. Right, yeah. That was another thing that happened this year. Yeah. But uh, with his retirement, he's donating all of his uh, scores of music to uh, Juilliard, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Juilliard School of the Arts. Right. Very cool. And then a carryover from last year, the ending of Fire Festival. Oh, yeah. And so that yeah. conclusion. The Fire Festival stuff was more of a fun story last year because we got to see it all fall apart. Yes. But this year uh, was kind of comeuppance for the dude that ran the show. Right. Uh, speaking of comeuppance, iHeartMedia oh, filed geez. for bankruptcy this year. Yes, this is the this was the year where we saw the the end of question mark iHeartMedia, which is an entity that still exists, I guess. Uh, but uh, yeah, but is in bankruptcy. Yes, it's uh, technically an entity of Clear Capital, or not Clear Capital, <laughs> Clear Channel. <laughs> oh, wonderful slip. Clear Channel. <laughs> Clear Channel became iHeartMedia. Yes, they, they, they renamed themselves. It's the same company. Right. But yeah, um, crazy year for them. They basically. Everybody thought they were going to cease to exist, and I'm guessing bankruptcy court is working out for them because they are still around. Right. At least for now. Well, you know, that's Broke, just... but still around. So, of the top three streaming sites, I yeah. would say Spotify, iHeartMedia... And Pandora, right? Pandora. And iTunes. iTunes. For now, has iTunes... Well, Apple Music Apple and Amazon Music. Music are also kind of their own thing. Right. But iTunes specifically said that it would... Start looking into shutting down the iTunes store. Oh, right, right, right. That was this year. Uh, Jimmy Iovine, the, uh, I guess, not CEO, but... Yeah. Yeah, president. President of the Apple Music Group was talking about basically doing that uh, so that they get out of the business of MP3 sales and just focus on streaming. Yeah, phasing out the the, uh, downloads. Right. Let's see. Which is crazy to me, because I am still a strong proponent of people needing and wanting the hard copy. Well, I mean, as hard as an MP3 is. 
of something, but still. Let's see. We also had, oh yeah, Live Nation and Atlanta, how it bypassed arenas uh -huh. because they wouldn't have their artists. Yeah. Or they, they wouldn't do a deal with them for ticket sales, so they pulled their artists from their venues. This kind of is related to that ticket story yeah. in a lot of ways because Live Nation has been, um, uh, just as much as Ticketmaster, a target for uh, kind of fees and unnecessarily, unnecessary hoops to jump through to attend their 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 concerts. Right. We also have some personal stories as well, uh, with Madonna losing a court case. Yeah. Uh, about her her former friend, um, selling her merchandise. Right. Uh, we also have Gibson Guitars filing for bankruptcy, and yeah. then not filing for bankruptcy, being saved at the last minute. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Um, we also have Post Malone. And his beer bongs and Bentley setting records. Yeah, one of the years longest running uh, number one albums, and I still don't know if I've ever heard a Post Malone song. No, uh, his his record uh, beer bongs and Bentleys um, beat records set by the Beatles. Yeah, which but, is insane. Which shouldn't be happening. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also have the infamous R. Kelly. Yes. And his essential removal from streaming sites. Like yeah, Spotify. this is related to the Spotify stuff we talked about earlier. But yes, Spotify had chosen uh, to remove R. Kelly's music from their from their focuses, from their like spotlight and spotlights and playlists, uh, which then turned into them doing the same for some other artists as well. Uh, outcry from the public, specifically people who are like. Well, what about these guys? Why don't you do the same thing for this person? Uh, came out of the woodwork, and Spotify ended up reversing all of those decisions. Yep. It was a crazy, just crazy little couple weeks there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, no, it was, so he's still on Spotify. He's still on Spotify. They didn't remove him from the service. They took him out of promotion Spotlight playlists. Yep. For example, if you did your, nine, if you did Spotify's, like, curated... 90s R&B playlist, R. Kelly's songs would not be on it. Yep. Uh, from what I understand, though, as as of calendar day, December uh, what, uh, 20th, uh, 22nd, uh, 2018, those are back on, on those things, though. They've been put back. Okay. Uh, we also have, I guess, in personal issues, Cardi B having yeah. not only a breakout year, but also... Fun suing her manager. Yeah. For mishandling her money. Yeah, this was a weird, weird year for Cardi B. She had that happening. She also uh, was with and then broke up with uh, Offset of um, of uh, uh, Migos. Offset. One of them? Yes, one of Migos. One of Migos? One of the Migos. I don't know. One of the Migos guys is Quattro. <laughs> and, also, uh, and also had uh, beef with uh, Nicki Minaj. Because she has one, beef with everyone. In which there is a shoe thrown. <laughs> I'm briefly on Nicki Minaj and her album. Yeah. Calling out literally everybody. Every single person, yep. I'll, I think that's got to be a record for the most call-outs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, oh, speaking of call-outs, the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah. Uh, and that ongoing legal issue of who's in that band and what can they say about it. Right, yeah. Whether or not it's actually a, a weird ass, like prostitution, prostitution ring, 
which is we still don't necessarily know who is correct about this. Right. And because I love legal battles and music, yep. we've got the release of the Carter Five. Right, yes. It finally came out. Lil Wayne had his comeback, but it wasn't after it wasn't until after all the dust finally settled between him and Birdman. Mm-hmm. So but we finally have it out in the wild. It is released. Yep. Uh we also have Jay Z. Yes. Um and Beyonce's tour about unsold tickets. Yeah, which followed the fact that they yeah, everybody forgot. They put out a record this year yeah. under the name The Carters, the Carters. as a couple. Yep. And yeah, nobody cared. Nope. Except, I guess, that video for their song Ape Shit is nominated for uh, Video of the Year at the Grammys. Or whatever a video is. Yeah, whatever you call a video now. Yes. Uh, we also have Metallica just overall being good guys. Yeah. Uh, with not only donating money um, to... Let's see here. Two trusts, charitable trusts, but also for like uh, winning awards in um, what was it? The Iceland, the Icelandic awards, right, and then yeah. doing free shows from it. Yeah, yeah. Just Metallica's a good band. Uh, we also saw Paul Simon quitting tour. Right. Yes. As well. And we saw Ireland. This is the the story that yeah. I can say that I'm going to nominate for story of the year. Okay. Ireland's um, legislation about banning the reselling of tickets and bot software. Yeah. Um, because they are essentially part of the EU still. Yeah, they, they are. That law essentially applies to all European Yeah, that's pretty brands. that's pretty intense. That could that could mean a lot. Yep. Um, it's definitely interesting, uh, especially in the future as not only did Ed Sheeran pull tickets from bots himself. Yeah. But we've seen that implemented in a lot of places, too. Let's see. We also have Akon. And his... Oh, Acoin! Acoin! <laughs> <laughs> One of the stupidest stories of the year. Yep. Uh, we also have... Uh, suicide prevention, and let's just briefly talk about Ariana Grande and the year she's had. So yeah, Ariana Grande had a crazy year. She put out, of course, uh, in my opinion, the best pop album of the year, Sweetener, um, which had plenty of singles. It did super well. It was a critical and fan success. And then that was all coincided with her uh, dating and was temper and her temporary engagement to Pete Davidson of Saturday Night Live. This was much publicized. Uh, he, re- he referenced it on the show and explained how their relationship was going. Mm-hmm. Ariana, in turn, named one of the songs on Sweetener after him. There's a track on that album called Pete Davidson. She made it very clear, and it was very out in the open, that they were happy and everything was going well. Until it wasn't. Um, shortly after an episode of SNL aired where he made some jokes about their relationship, uh, word got out that they had broken up. No necessary, like no, not necessarily with a reason. In fact, neither party has said what what the impetus for the breakup was. But since then, in the aftermath, uh, Pete Davidson went on to make some pretty lousy jokes about it on SNL. Uh, Ariana went on to uh, release a song called "Thank You Next," which yep. is basically her saying uh, that she had those experiences with her ex exes, including Pete Davidson, but that they helped her and have uh, uh, improved her well-being, and uh, that she is learning to love herself. 
And on top of that, she was touched inappropriately during yes. Aretha Franklin's ceremony. That also happened. Not only, of course, this was also the year where she uh, was recovering from the events of the last year's uh, bombing. Bombing that she uh, that was occurred at one of her performances. But she also went and did a benefit concert at that same arena. And then not only, but she also endured a death uh, uh, in in her life this year. Uh, her ex boyfriend Mac Miller, rapper Mac Miller. Uh, died of an overdose this year. So, so can we nominate Ariana Grande I for think, 2018? I absolutely think that our, the our, the roller coaster of Ariana Grande's 2018 is absolutely, I think, eligible for the story of the year for sure. All right. Uh, let's see. We also found out that Mar- uh, Maroon Five was performing at the Super Bowl. Yes. Only but, after everybody else bailed. But can you tell me who performed at last Super Bowl? Um, Justin Timberlake. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Struggle, but I get it. Let's see. We also have... Uh, oh, yes. Spotify trying to crack down on sharing of accounts. Right, yes. Using GPS locations. Yes, for their family, which was also a thing that happened this year. Their family plan. So... Just nom- nominate Spotify for yeah. four stories? It might be up there, but I actually, I, I think that something we haven't got to, I would actually say, is a much bigger story. All right. Suge Knight. Going to prison? That's not it. But well, yes, no, but he is. That did happen. <laughs> but yeah, rightfully so. All right. So I think this, uh, this is probably not what you're thinking of, uh-huh. but I'm just going to bring it up. Okay. The Music Modernization Act. Yeah, this is also pretty big. Yeah. Because uh, this one um, basically was a watered down uh, for fair use and fair play act for digital mm-hmm. streaming services. Uh, let's see, it dealt with royalties for not only songwriters but also producers. And uh, yeah, and White House signed it into law. So right, that's a thing now. It is. It is definitely a thing. Let's see. Uh, we also have. Michael Bublé, retiring and yes. then unretiring. Right, and well, Kai is still retiring. Yes, <laughs> that this next album will be his last. Right, and the rapper Six Nine Takashi Six Nine. Yeah, the ups and downs of him. Yeah, the should be in prison of him. I think he is going in prison. Yeah, I think that is happening. <laughs> but it's you know he. I mean, look at his face. I, I hate to say that, <laughs> but God. Well, what else is he going to do except rap? <laughs> I don't know. Call center? But anyways. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, Lord accusing Kanye right. of, of taking her stage. Um, and that should be the segue to the thing we haven't talked about yet. Oh, God. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we have to talk about Kanye West. I tried not to. I know. There's a reason he wasn't highlighted anywhere in here. Oh, my God. I know. I could tell you were purposefully avoiding it. But we have have to. Okay. So where should we start? Because, to be honest, I think that this is also eligible for Story of the Year. No, you're right. We had one of the biggest artists in music history... We had especially one of the biggest artists in this decade. Somebody who has ostensibly made some of the most important, and definitely legacy-wise, albums of the 2010s 
and of the 2000s. Throwing his career into a dumpster and lighting that dumpster on fire. Not only that, <laughs> he put out a couple, not not one, yes. not two, not three, but four albums this year. If somebody had traveled in time back to 2000, I don't know, 2009, and, or no, let's say 2010, um, right after Dark Fantasy came out, and yeah. they told everybody, hey, in 2018... Kanye West is going to put out a new album. He will produce three other albums. He will meet the president. He will meet the president and have a meeting with the president. And this will all be terrible. They wouldn't have believed you. They would have been like, no way. That will never, ever happen. You're like, no way. That sounds awesome. It's like, that sounds great on paper. But the way that it happened... I, I. I'm just saying. Not I'm only, just saying. Yeah, not only is this is just been this year has been the unbuilding of a legend. This has been the the like desecration of like someone who was destined to be one of the most important figures in modern music. Now he has thrown it all away, and I there's no way there's no way that I can imagine that he could ever like get back to this same kind of stature. How he can he recover when he's hit yeah. such a low? I mean. And I wish I didn't have to be specific, but here are some of the specific things, if you don't know, that happens. Not only did he align himself with um, our current president, uh, which uh, means that ostensibly, like, basically gave his his support to a lot of the awful initiatives that this administration has uh, done uh, in the last year. Not just the initiatives, but the stuff they stand for, yes. things they've done in the past. But not only that. But he also doubled down on the kind of rhetoric that people who support this administration have been saying some questionable statements about race relations in America, and 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 that and and basically throwing his hat in the ring with some really really awful people on social media and working with them to make T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, but at least they're not just plain white cotton shirts yeah. selling for two hundred dollars, <laughs> right? But not only that, but that's not even it. Also, going on in talk shows to have interviews where he says stuff like how he thinks that slavery was a choice. Uh. <laughs> and just sound bites like that. And then, not only that, that's not the end. Also, releasing the worst album in his career. Which one? Yay? Ye. Ye? Yay? Yeah. Yay? The worst album in his career uh, that was just. Seven songs that were just mindless, like, weird, like, weird-sounding, like, questionably, like, produced music. And then producing some okay albums. That Pusha T album, Daytona, is alright. That will probably be up for a lot of uh, awards this year at the Grammys and will also uh, be eligible for a lot of in-year-end lists. But the, probably that, uh, mostly Ghost because of Pusha and not that much because of Kanye. The Kinsey Ghost saw a turn of Kid Cudi. The Kid Cudi was actually a good album. But it's been just so overshadowed by the antics that Kanye has put up all year. Just the fact that we have to have that asterisk now when we talk about him. It's like, yes, he put out some good music in the past. Yes, he's very influential and important. I mean, 808s and Heartbreak changed the way that modern rap music sounds, period. Well, yes. But we have to now talk about him with, while also acknowledging the elephant in the room, 
that he basically threw his hat in uh, with a bunch of white supremacist fascists in the year 2018. And it made him look like trash. And so now, like, he did say he kind of ended all of this madness by going on Twitter and saying that he never meant to get involved in this kind of politics and that he said that he would be quiet about politics from here on out. That being said, like you said, how that being could he said, recover? That being said, before he said that, like literally six months before that, yeah. he said he was going to run for president in 2018. Yeah, which, I don't know if that was this year or last year, he's, but it's all kind of melding together. He's been talking about a presidential run for the last two years now, and he continues to talk about it, but it definitely now has a very, very different ring to it than it did in 2016 when he first said it. Yeah. And so who knows if that's a thing that any of us want at this point. And it'll be very, very interesting to see his recovery tour. He was expecting to release another new album next year uh, that will be called, uh, shoot, what was it going to be called? Oh, Gandhi. Gandhi. Yeah, Gandhi, something like that. It was Gandhi, but with the white E at the end. And so we'll see how that show uh, turns out, if that's worth talking about at all. Basically, and now the most recent thing he talked about Twitter about how he's like, uh, like he doesn't think that he can write good music if he's on his medication for mental illness. Right. It's really worrying, and it's just uh, it's just been so disheartening. And so I think that that is certainly eligible to just watch one of the greats fall this this far has just been such a disappointing thing. To so read. while we have probably a positive. In Ariana Grande, yes. we have equal and opposite reaction in the negative that is Kanye yeah. West. If somebody that endured a lot of a lot of hardship compared to somebody who has created a lot of hardship for himself. Uh, well, with that, that kind of brings us to the end. It of, does. Well, well, we have one or two stories left to talk about. Okay. First one being the continuing saga of Lindsey Buckingham and Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, that's a weird one. Of whether or not they are on good terms. And, as we talked about last week on our podcast, Shakira. Shakira, Shakira. Uh, being, her hips being interviewed and confessing to crimes. Yes. Of tax evasion. Yeah, they can't lie. No, no, they can't. You got ask them anything you want. But, yeah, uh, Shakira's tax evasion. But, no, I think we actually have a pretty good uh, base of stuff to talk about for our music end of the year here. Yeah, uh, so we got to pick one story, All right. and this is actually hard. All right, so as we said, we have pretty much three front runners. Yeah, we have three front runners. I we think. have Ariana Grande. Yeah. Kanye West. Yeah. And Spotify. Yeah. I For mean, this, Spotify's ups and downs. I think the Spotify stuff has been interesting and has gone through the whole year, but I think that it's less. It's been stuff that's we've been leading up to for quite a while. It's not something that necessarily just happened in the year 2018. Legacy-wise, though, it does have a leg up. Because in a way, this is the, the wave of the future. Spotify isn't going away unless something catastrophic happens. Well, the only reason we're talking about Spotify and not Ticketmaster is because we said last year last it was year all about Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster. And it definitely earned it. This year, though, yeah, I think the Spotify stuff is, going, is way more important. I think because but, it went public, one. Yeah. It did a new deal, not only for the artists that it currently has, but a new deal for any new artists who mm-hmm. want to join their, essentially, label. But, is, is do you think that it all will have, 
as lasting of an impact as, I guess, how society will view the two uh, artists that we have on this list. Well, here's where I kind of fight with the two artists. Yeah. First one being, sure, Ariana Grande is the big thing right now, but how will that basically move on from here? Yeah, I think that the, the two... And, and is, she, is she the hot new thing that we have to talk about right now because she is the hot new mm-hmm. thing? Or is this going to be a lasting impact, not only on her music... Yeah. But I'm music going forward. And I think that's a fair question. And I think that's because the reason why you're asking that question is because they're similar stories, but they're exact opposite career-wise. Correct. Ariana is starting her career. Sweetener is probably going to become the album that people call out and be like, this is the one that really started the Ariana Grande that we now know. This is her breakthrough, even though she's already had like a couple smaller breakthroughs. Right. This is her going into the upper echelon of music now. This is, this is Ariana proving herself that she can matter in the zeitgeist. And so I think that what you could say is that, yeah, it seems hot, like trendy right now. But also, if she continues being as big of a star as she was in 2018, and if her life continues to be as interesting as it has been in this year, then I think it's the start of her legacy. And that's why it would matter. This is the beginning of the story of Ariana Grande, somebody who could become very, very important in the grand scheme of things later. Kanye, though... The interesting thing about that story is that the end. It may be the end of a legacy. <laughs> Maybe it's some, we're watching something end as opposed to begin. We're watching something that was something universally praised become something that is hard for anybody to be able to praise. Well, well, yes, and I think Kanye did have a more cultural impact yeah. in society. I personally would rather not reward bad behavior. You're not wrong, but it's kind of like the the time person of the year, right? Right. Or people of the year, where what they say is that they give it to the thing that the the people or person that had the most impact on the year, whether for good or for bad. And I think that these stories should always be that soul to them. Is that we talked about the Ticketmaster thing because it was the biggest thing that happened last year in music. Not necessarily because it was the most optimistic or the worst thing. And for, for movies, and sl- like we, we typically do the thing that's the biggest, and I think that even though the Kanye stuff was lousy and was like a really bad look, and definitely none of it is hopeful for the future. Well, especially for Kanye's future. But I think it matters the most, in my opinion, because from now on, we always have to talk about Kanye with this in mind. We and can't just talk about his music anymore. It is now everything around him. And that's forever. Yes. <laughs> that's the kind of the bush I'm trying to beat around yeah. in, in that Yeah. I kinda have to agree that Kanye is the biggest story of twenty eighteen. It was. Because it wasn't just one thing that he did. It was a rolling snowball down a hill. It was. And there was a lot of good hope coming into the year with Kanye <laughs> announcing we were, stuff. If you probably roll back the tape. We were probably looking forward to and very excited about a new Kanye West record this year. Yeah. And yet, <laughs> here, here we are. Yep. And that's why I think it matters. 
Uh, <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's, yeah, you know I don't like to reward. We're not rewarding anybody. We're just saying that this was the most important story of the year. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it, this it's is not about. It's not a value. You know, you're right. This is an order of importance and, and not necessarily and an impact. Where if you ask your uncle, you know, who is who doesn't know anything about modern music, about how they feel about music now, Kanye West will come up. That's how big of a deal this was. Well, yeah, I know. And Kanye West had that impact. He had the the musical impact. He had the cultural, the cultural impact. impact with Kim Kardashian, which we didn't even mention about that, Can you imagine too. how many arguments that Kanye West probably started this year in Thanksgiving tables across the nation? Can uh, you imagine how many times on Thanksgiving dinner Kanye West and his politics came up? More than I'd like to admit. Yeah, that it mattered. On such a big level, because he mattered. Ugh, but why does he and have now, to matter? Who knows whether he will in the same way ever, ever again? All right, and with that, friend, <laughs> let's call that has it, to be it. That has to be the story. Of the Kanye twenty eighteen. It sucks. It sounds like a political are. slogan. <laughs> no, it's not. That. Okay, that means we get to do the fun part. Oh, we can talk about music now. So that's it for the recap of the year that was. Now we talk about our favorite albums from the year that was. Well, I want, I like to do songs before albums. Okay. Because when we talk about Billboard, we always do songs before we albums. We always do do songs. But uh, if we're going to do a list of that, let me... Uh, how about you do yours first so that way I can start thinking about what my job, like jot my list down. All right. So first up, we're going to talk about songs. And I have quite an interesting list. I did listen to a lot more country music than I normally did. But that's also because country had a big year this year. There's a lot of good hits. A lot of good albums came out. And country kind of won me over, like, definitively this year. More than it had in the past. But, that being said, with my number five song... Yeah. It is The Middle by Baron Morris. Yeah, it is. That song's actually great. Middle! <laughs> <laughs> that song's really good. That, like song that song is fun. I remember the first time we heard it was on that Target commercial. It was. And, and you, even after the first time I heard it, it was like, you know what? That was pretty good. And it's funny because when we watched it, we watched it with Mark and he said, yeah. that's that Zed song. Yeah. Like, no, that's the Baron Morris song. It's both. And we're like... Well, it depends on where you come from. Yeah, it can be both, turns out. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that song... That song's just a fun song to listen it to. It is. Uh, that, I mean... I... Yeah, I, I can't really say a lot about it, but... In terms of... But just, that's just... In terms of, like, just individual songs this year, I don't have a lot to say about individual songs. So, if it stands out... Yeah. It's going to stand out. That's fair. And this is one that definitely stands out. All right. And that's from the ridiculous chorus. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, number two, I had Get Along by Kenny Chesney, but I'm officially changing that. Okay. Audible. Call it an audible. I call it audible because as I was listening to my albums driving up here, I forgot about a song that I loved. And when I saw it, I was like, yes, immediately put it on. And this is going on my list. I need to fill the slot, so this is where it's going. Yep. It's Heart Like a Wheel by Eric Church. Oh, right, yeah, that's a good song. That was a great song. That's, that's a song. great album, too. Desperate yeah. Man. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a good good record. But no, Heart Like a Wheel, Baby Let's Roll, 
that song is smooth and silky yeah, yeah. and just oozes all and over you. It doesn't you. overstay its welcome. No. Sure. It says what it needs to say and it's gone. It's very bluesy and fun. Yes. It's and like, it's just, it gets you in a good mood and bopping and mm-hmm. it's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good song. That's a good one. It's a really great written song. But number three is also a great song and we're going to be talking about this a lot more. It's High Horse by Casey Musgraves. Yeah, it is. At number three. Uh, that album, You had to pick one, I, and it is impossible to pick just one song from that. It is impossible, because I could have yeah. easily gone with Butterfly. I'm the same way. There's one song that I on the could, list that I just judged out for that record, and it's hard, it was so hard to choose. Yeah, I could have gone with Butterflies. I could have gone with Wonder Woman. I could have oh. gone with, uh, not Mother, the other one. Uh... Elvis, Velvet Elvis. Velvet Elvis. They're all so good. They're all so good and so fun and uh, just very different and loving. And yeah. But I have to pick one, and that's High Horse, because it is a disco song. It's a jam. It's a jam. It's, it's a disco song. It's a song you put out in the club, and everybody would have fun. It's also the first song I heard off that album mm-hmm. in a Starbucks. Oh, yeah. They're playing it all the time in shopping centers. Now. Oh, yes. It is now is like gone to a different level. I was like, yeah, oh, this is that song. And I was like, yeah, I know this one. It was like, oh. It was yep. like that 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 aw moment. moment. Like, aw, oh, she, she, she made big. Yeah, she did it. Yep. Uh, we need to number two. Mm-hmm. And the only non-country song, I guess you could say, on this thing. Okay. I, I guess the most Well, country counts. tangential. Country tangential. <laughs> and that is Panic at the Disco. High Hopes. Really? Yeah. Okay. This is a catchy-ass song. It's fine. I like this song. <laughs> for Panic the Disco, basically not listening to them for ten-some-odd mm-hmm. odd years. Yeah. For them to come back with this song and being a hit, they still got it. Yeah. Uh, it's well... It's It's got a really good chorus. That's about as high as you can say it. And the fact that it's catchy and continuously goes through my head... Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those earwig songs that just sticks with you, even after it's done playing. Yeah. But there is one song that tops them all. Okay. And you're probably going to moan at me for this. Yeah, I will. But <laughs> I loved the song of this, and that is Burning Man by Dirk Bentley and the Osborne Brothers. Sure, fine. It's fine. I don't hate it. It's a great blend of country and rock and pop, and it covers all my bases of a good song. It's got a great catchy chorus. It's got an interesting interlude. It's got a great, okay, not a great verse, <laughs> but they're good enough to where I'm not reaching for the radio to turn it. I'm actually reaching to turn it up because <laughs> I can sing along to this thing, and it's a fun, fun song. Fair enough. Now, my number one song is really Drinking Problems by Midland. However, (laughs) that song came out last year. So it doesn't count. (laughs) So it doesn't count. Neither does their other album or any song that came out this last year. But that's that's, that's my real number one (laughs) because I discovered Midland this year and it is, they are fantastic. I saw them twice in concert this year. That's how good they are. <laughs> they're, they're like a really young Eagles band. Okay. And it's a lot of fun watching them. But that's my five songs. All right. What about you? Well, I just jotted these down quick. This was hard, uh, just in the same, in kind of the same way that the albums were hard for me this year, because I listened to a lot of crap. 
I oh. listened to so much this year that there is just no way that I could truly represent my 2018 in a list of five. Anything? So you did three? So I'll do my best. I did get five down here. Okay. And I will try to... This is the top of the top. But it's oh. just so hard for me we'll, to say, to not give credit for ever, to everything else. We'll go through the list of yeah. crap that we did at the end. Oh, man. Because, yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Oh, yeah. But here's my song. So at number five, uh, following up our talk about Ariana Grande, I have an Ariana Grande song on my list. Is it the women's song? It's not... Uh, God it is, is a Woman? It's not God is a Woman, and it is not Thank You Next. It is No Tears Left to Cry. Okay. That song is Max Martin production at its finest. Uh, that is a Max 2018 Martin. Max Martin production, and it's got it glowing out of every pore. It's it's fantastic. How's pop. that bridge? <laughs> so good. It is fantastic pop construction, because it starts out like you think it's going to be a ballad, and then when the cor- like the chorus part like starts kicking in, it changes into this weird, like, computer had a dream beat and then like then it goes into like a ballady chorus that's still poppy enough to go into a killer end where it starts turning into a pop song again it is fantastic i would recommend if you want to hear it for the first time watch it with the video because the video is ariana grande in this weird like inception city where she's like standing upside down and on the side of buildings and just defeat like like defying gravity everywhere. It is a cool visual that fits the song so well that if you want to really experience the song, that's the best way to do it. It's probably my favorite pop song of the year, but I would but this is also an interchangeable slot between this and Thank You Next. Because Thank You Next, I might not enjoy it as much as a song. But it is a, I think it's a very important pop song because it's basically a pop song that is telling the world basically that your ex, your former relationships should not be a thing bringing you down. They should be a thing bringing you up, basically improving you, which I thought is a really good lesson. And so, yeah, Thank You Next is like number six for the Masters. Okay. All right. Number four, I had to pick a song off, the, off of Golden Hour. All right, which one was it? I picked Golden Hour, the you title picked, song. You picked the title track. Ooh, it man. has grown on me more than any other song this year. I think initially I was going to say, well, this spot is Happy or Sad, because that was my previous pick. Like, if you asked me properly in the round of summer, mm-hmm. that's the one I would have said. And then, depending on the time of year, I would have said High Horse or Butterflies. It's just that it's changed so much over the course of the year. But this is the one that I think I love the most. Just the... Just the way that she sings it and just the, the the way it segues from verse to chorus. Oh, and then there's a part, there's the bridge. I love bridges. You know this about me. I know you love bridges. There's an amazing bridge where everything slows down. And it's just Casey isolated with just some strumming of the guitar. And just, oh, and just, just, just her voice is just amazing throughout. It's probably my current album highlight for that. And, and on an album full of highlights. Uh, number three is a song called Night Shift by Le- Le- uh, Lucy Dacus. She's a relatively new artist. This is only her sophomore release. Um, and she is also notable for putting out another record this year, an EP, in a group called Boy Genius, which is, a, which is also her and two other kind of indie um, artists, Phoebe Bridgers and uh, Julianne Baker, uh, which is also excellent, but is not eligible here. I tried uh, not to include it in my albums because it's an EP. Mm-hmm. But her album Historian also came out this year, and this is the opening track to it, and it is just amazing. 
it starts out as kind of a slower kind of rock song, but then by the end of it, it is just transformed into something else. And the lyrics are some of the best songwriting uh, I've heard this year. There's a narrative about her basically like talking about an ex, kind of a parallel to um, uh, Thank You Next, where she's talking about like this ex that she's, instead of embracing the positive elements of, basically being like talking about all the things that she she hated about them but how she deals with it and how it's transformed her as a person what now are her new standards to deal with the people that she's intimate with it's fantastic and it's probably my most played song of the year uh number two i have pristine by snail mail this is another uh, artist that this isn't her first release uh, under the nail under the name snail mail she put out an ep a couple of years ago but her first, this was her debut full length this year. I actually got to see her in concert this year supporting Waxahachie. And she is just amazing live. But this song completely blew my mind the first time I heard it. It is some of the most amazing rock songwriting that I've heard in the last 10 years. No hyperbole. There are two, and she didn't even do it once. She did it twice. But I wanted to only include one of her songs here. There are two songs off of that record that I think are some of the best music I've heard in ten years. That's how good these songs in are. In ten years? Yes, in a decade. Wow. That's how good I, that's how good the song is. It is amazingly constructed. When I when I first heard it, I was like, it's like somebody went into my brain and assembled from pieces of songs that I like a song that incorporates all the things that I like. <laughs> it was just so 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 good. So that is definitely has to be on my list, but it is not my number one. Well, what is your number one? My album? number one song is Nobody by Mitski. Okay, Mitski's had a great album Mitski this year. Mitski had a great album this year. It is on my top five, which I'll get to okay. a little later. A little spoiler there. But this, rec- this song, though, is the highlight of the album. In a kind of similar way that High Horse is a highlight of the Casey Musgraves record. They are both 2018 interpretations of disco. <laughs> Nobody is ostensibly a disco song. It is a dance song. Except... What Mitski does to ch- to change her, to her approach is it's still very her song, and she write, likes to write about like a very interest like a lot of introspective songs. But this time, it's it, she's talking about being by herself in a way, like hence the name nobody, nobody, in a way that just evokes such despair and depression, but in a song that sounds like a happy club song. It is a crazy juxtaposition that somehow works and is just so infectious. It's catchy and memorable and deeply troubling all at the same time. And it's the most fantastic thing I've heard all year. So yeah, that is that is the number one song. Right. That's my top five songs. Well, we don't do a top song for the site. We don't. But we do a top album. We do. So we have to talk about albums. All right. You still want to talk? Uh, yeah, I guess I can go. Alright. Alright, so, I guess that segues actually really perfectly, because my number five album is Mitski's Be the Cowboy. Uh, her record this year. It is fantastic from top to bottom. Um, it is unlike um, anything out there. If you haven't heard of Mitski, try any song off this album. They're all great. She somehow mastered the art of doing storytelling in pockets. Each of the songs on this record... And there are a lot, but not streaming a lot. Like, not like a billion songs a lot. Mm-hmm. But each one is like a little bit, a little st- short story where she's 
taking the guise of these characters and describing a day in their life, whether it be the character in Nobody who is isolated and lonely and afraid, or it be the character in Geyser, the opening song, or or like just so many different little vignettes that she's telling, and they're just all all these characters who who don't fall into the typical stereotype of who Mitski is. She is an Asian American artist, uh, but she did it. She's purposefully trying to create these stories and tell these stories using her voice to tell them about other kinds of things, so that way she isn't pigeonholed into that. Typical, oh, it's a it's a female artist, so it's confessional kind of pigeonhole that, that often happens. It's fantastic. It's great storytelling, and the music is so, the best that she's written so far in her career. And I've been a fan for about five years now. So, and she's just not making it big. So, and she's yeah. This is her breakthrough. You'll hear a lot more about Mitski in the next in the coming years. I've seen a lot of Mitski on a lot mm-hmm. of top five, top yes. ten lists. This is her year. So this is her year. Number four, uh, another band I saw live this year. Oh, I saw Mitski. Saw Mitski live, but I saw before she uh, even announced this record, so she didn't play anything off the new, the new album. But what I did get to see uh, this year that did put out uh, a band that did put out a record this year, and I got to see them play live. Hop along. Oh, this is one of your favorite bands. One of my favorite bands, easily, just period, just top five favorite bands. They put out a, a record called Bark Your Head Off Dog this year, and convoluted title aside, it is some of the best music they've made. It's not my favorite Hop Along record. That would probably be their uh, 2015 uh, record, Painted Shed. But it is definitely amazing. They are producing some of the best music um, around. The sounds that they use this time are different because they're, they decided to take advantage of making a studio record this time instead of catering everything to be live so there's a lot more interesting instrumentation here there's a lot of use of like vocoder and like autotune technology there's a lot of studio tinkering in there which improves the song craft lets them play around with different sounds so this sounds like an upgraded album from what they've been creating oh yeah for sure it's an evolution of of what they've been doing and Francis's voice still sounds like nothing else. It's like just the the things that come out of her like are just amazing and sound like no one on the planet. And it just makes their music so special and unique. And this had to be on my list just because of how much I listened to it and just how beautiful it all is. Number three on my list, and this was the hardest year. I just want to reiterate, this is the hardest year for me to determine. So from here on out, three, two, one. They could go in any order. You, they could pretty much go in any order because these are the three best albums of the year that I want to all say are the best album of the year and I can't say they're all. So this is your tier. This is my tier, basically. But number three, since I had to rank them somehow, is Lush by Snail Mail. So I already talked about Snail Mail, how two of the songs on this record are just fantastic pieces of songcraft. And the whole thing is amazing as well. Uh, Lush is a beautiful album from front to back. It's there's a reason why it's called Lush. <laughs> it just sounds amazing. It's an instant indie classic. Like, this thing will be played for years as, like, an example of this is how you do a debut record. It's just fantastic. I can't even put, like, much of it into words. Just the way that she plays with guitars, especially on one of the songs um, uh, called Heat Wave. Heat Wave is fan- a fascinating song because it starts, like, fairly normal. I love songs with changes, as you may have noticed from yes. the talking here. And this one, there's a part where the guitar, there's a guitar line that comes in about like maybe 20 seconds in. It literally shocked me the first time I heard it. 
You don't think it's coming. You don't see it coming. And then all of a sudden, it just wakes it up like a like a ray of light just entered your room. It is that great. Like it, it just and it changes the whole rest of the song because that moment keeps happening in different ways and permutations. I'm shocked. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the, the, and she has such range on the record too. It's not just that kind of song. She also has such, she slows it down with some really touching ballads, and it's just yeah, it's great. And then number two on my list. Uh, Lucy Dacus is a historian, which I referenced earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is her second record, and I was not actually like super aware of who she was. I had caught up on her first album like early, early this year. So when the second one came out, I was like, I was there for it. I was like, all right, now I know what to expect. Well, I didn't know what to expect because this one is so much better. She has perfected her songwriting in such a way that I would have never seen coming. And yeah, this is also appearing on top tens and top fives everywhere. I'm seeing it pop up in places I never thought I would see it. Um, and just, just stands as a testament to how well uh, the, the, uh, she's owned her songwriting craft. Like some of the best lyrics of the year are in this record. Uh, but also some of those musical moments, like I said uh, when I was talking about her song Night Shift. But yeah, just some of the best written uh, lyrics for sure. I've heard on a record this year and it just it, it, it has some of the most memorable there's a whole song that's even uh, referencing the uh, the women's marches that took place last year mm-hmm. uh, and it's just or two years ago yeah or two years ago whenever that was just um, and continued to happen uh, technically oh, I guess that was last year yeah and uh, yeah and yeah, like, been so but in really subtle ways and she just has such a good good knack of a turn of phrase that she just knows how to phrase things really well and it's just an amazing amazing uh reflection of what's i'm sure uh going to be a very exciting career to come but number one i think i can call this you can call this i think we call this like early in the year because yep. it came out like in a march or april yeah it was an early release this year but i have not listened to anything else more than this record i have not thought about anything else more than this record music wise Casey Musgraves um, has written a country album that transcends being a country album that just becomes an album like it's very easy to get trapped into that oh I'm gonna pigeonhole this by genre you can't do that with Golden Hour you can't the songs are just so universally great all of them are so great that it just transcends just the the country trappings it becomes something else and not even in a subtle way, not in, not in a Taylor Swiftian, I'm making a pop record now way. No, she did it in a way that was sneaky, where she put out singles that sounded like her, but at the same time sounded like the future. And then nobody gave it any thought. And then the record came out and you're like, wait, no, the whole thing is like this. The Butterflies was this opening salvo that told us it's going to be slightly different, but it's still going to be me. And it was. Well, because Butterflies started, came out as a kind of love song, yeah. in a sense. Because she had just gotten married. So this was like a love ballad, in a sense. But it wasn't so much a ballad, but it was a kind of like a poppy country song, too. Yeah. And the rest of the album kind of falls suit from that. She jumps between sounds that, that aren't necessarily of any specific genre. She just made the music that she felt. She made the music she wanted to do. And the best part about this record is while it sounds incredible and it incorporates all this, all these different kinds of sounds and together, 
but it's also one of the most beautiful testaments to new love I've ever heard. Every, almost every song is about her relationship with her new husband and how, like, how, she, how that makes her feel and the feelings around it, both good and bittersweet. Or when you're talking about past relationships that she talks about on songs like Space Cowboy, exceptionally like dreary and sad but in a way that she's like exploring or high horse where she's talking about somebody that's kind of in a kiss-off way where she's over over a person and she wants you to she wants him to know exactly how she feels about him or, or even slow burn yeah slow burn where she's talking about just the idea of having a relationship and how she wants that to be something slow and enjoyable and and just and enjoy it on her terms and with that, I believe we have named every single song on yeah, that album. I think we did. <laughs> since we started talking about yeah. uh, songs in the past 20 minutes. And I think really that's the testament of a great album, is when you can be like, every single song on this thing matters to me. Every single song. And we, did, wait, we didn't talk about Rainbow. Okay, sure. Oh, which is the ballad of the album. And oh my God, it's so good. Well, it is amazing. And so yeah, just every single song on it. Casey Musgraves came out like to a different kind of audience this year. She's up for a Grammy Award for Album of the Year. And you know what? I have a real feeling that she can do it. I think it might happen. And it's on the strength of this, of this album. It's, a, it's not only a career changer for her, but I'm hoping it's also an industry changer. I hope that the country music industry as a whole and country radio is looking at the success of this album. And realizing the kind of music that they've been ignoring and that they need to embrace if they want to widen their audience and get rid of this bro-y country stereotype that they've been stuck in for the last decade. This Jason Aldeanification. Nothing Luke against Ryan. Jason Aldean. I'm just saying that he's the he's the reason this happened. <laughs> People like him. Uh, of country as a genre, especially on the radio. And this is their chance to be like, no, we're more than that. We can make music like this, too. So, yeah, uh, that's my piece <laughs> about Casey. Are, are you done there? I think I am, but we're not done with Casey because I think we have to pick a number one album for the site, and I think we just did. Well, let me say my piece about that album All first. Right. All right, fair enough. You know, but first, we got to go through my top five. <laughs> just somewhere in there. All right. All right. So, those are your five albums. Yes, go albums. for it. Now, it's my turn for my five. Okay. So, we're going to, so, I was to a bunch of crap this year. He did. Bar none, a lot of, a lot of crap. Um, we'll talk about all those albums later, but after sifting through it, I came out with five Somehow. solid albums. Somehow, you did it. Somehow. And we're going to start with number five. Okay. Personal favorite here. All right. Post Traumatic by Mike Shinoda. Okay, yes. This album is the first uh, album he put out um, post Chester Bennington's death. Right. Originally, he wasn't going to make an album. Right. He was just going to make two songs and have that be the end of it. But he had so much to say, just not only with grief, but also about friendship, about loved ones, about loss, about basically going through like the 12 steps of coming, coming over a death of a personal friend, of a personal friendship. Yeah. Of basically your brother. Right. And this album basically encapsulates that. Of If anyone's ever going through suicidal thoughts or 
any any type of like that kind of like downer like mentality, listen to post traumatic. Yeah. It is a great album to just sit and listen to and absorb. The album just fills you with mm-hmm. not just a sense of hope, but just a sense of there's more than just what I'm going through. That there's other people that I can not only reach out to, but that are also caring for me. Right. It is a great album that just resonates. Yeah, that's an incredibly important message, especially now. Yes. Uh, but uh, there are four other albums that are had a happier tone. I would certainly hope. <laughs> uh, number four, uh, being Simulation Theory by Muse. Okay, I'm surprised this ended up here. I'm surprised it ended up here too. <laughs> but uh, this album came out really late in the year, and if you told me Muse was going to be an album, I'd be like, "Yeah, cool. Uh, I'll give it a listen." I guess. <laughs> You're right. But this thing is so well produced, I can't deny it. Okay, fine. <laughs> it's, it's Muse at its best. Yeah. They know what what you want to listen to, what kind of music they want to create. And what will play in stadiums? Yeah. What will play to their audience? It's arena rock. It's arena rock. And where they are unlike now. Imagine Dragons, which put out a stinker of an album. <laughs> yes. Muse put out a hit album. Yeah. This this may not be radio play hit. It's a crowd pleaser. But this is a crowd pleaser. This is this one's for the fans. Right. This is right up fan alley. This is Muse on a platter, you know what you're getting here. Yeah. Uh, that brings us to number three, Desperate Man by Eric Church. Okay, here we go. I'm on board now. All right. <laughs> this album is a blues album in the truest of sense. It Eric really Church really is. Eric Church basically said, I want to make a blues album like the olden days. Yeah. And went out and did exactly that. And I love it. Yeah. Desperate Man as a title track is great. Uh, I listed my top song on it, Heart Like a Wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even from the first song, uh, Snake, I believe it's uh, The Snake, yeah. yeah. It's a great ballad of a song between two snakes. And it's great metaphors going through it about personal struggles. Mm-hmm. But just this this album overall is a blues album that just simmers nicely that you don't want to skip a song. Yeah. And that's what makes a great album is not wanting to skip a song. Yeah, what did we say? It was a good, like, like a, it felt like you're like a road trip or something. I forget the, we, we put it in a time and place and we were like, oh, it'd be perfect for this. I don't remember what it was. I think this was, this was a desert road trip. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Kind of like how uh, for the Casey Musgraves record, at some point you had said it's like a driving home during a sunset. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that. You know, yeah, this is an album you can just put on, let play, and you're just going to enjoy everything that's given to you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's really good. I listened to some of that too with you. and Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, this is... He's just going for it. He just doesn't even care if this will ever get played on country radio. He does not give a crap. He is just making the music that he wants to make. And it works. It, it works. works spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Now, that brings us to number two. <laughs> um, a veteran of country's, country okay. songs. All right. Kenny Chesney's album, Songs for a Saint. I am surprised that this is number two. This is number two because I listened to this album 
cover to cover multiple times. Okay. That's why it's on this list. Also, because when I put it on on the way here, I was like, yeah. Yeah, like, these oh, are yeah. good songs. Oh, yeah, this one's a good song. Oh, yeah, he's got a song by this. It's like, yeah. It's like, yeah, he's got the pirate song. He's got uh, a duet with Jimmy Buffett in this thing. It's This is a fun album. This is a relaxful album. I believe I said that this was a beach play album. Yeah. But, yeah, no, this is a Kenny Chesney basically being Kenny Chesney. <laughs> right. It's a fun album. There's songs on this thing. Uh, Kenny, the Kenny Chesney's lists. Yeah. List things. Yep. <laughs> Loves listing things. Loves listing things. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is a fun, fun album. It's, this was essentially my summer album. Right. Because I would play this thing constantly and it was a And great this one song. I believe you were describing, you like describing uh, albums based on where you think they would play. Yeah. And I think this one you described as a bonfire. Right? Yeah. Like you uh, would uh, put yeah, on this on during, the bo- yeah. during a bonfire. Yeah. Put, put it on, on bonfire at the beach yeah. and... No one will say, question it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it just makes sense. That's yeah. where it goes. Yep. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, when we had the Thanksgiving with Ariel, yeah. Shane, uh, he put on Desperate Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, this works here. Yeah, <laughs> works. But that brings us to number one, an album that will work anywhere. Uh-huh. An album we've talked probably to death about. Yes. And yet there's still more to say about it. <laughs> yep. That is Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. <laughs> All right. Yes, it is. That is my number one album. As yeah. I said, I believe we listed every single song on we that did. album. We've gone through them all. We've gone through them all. As soon as that album, as soon as Butterflies came out, we're like, okay, this yeah. is on my radar. It's like, all right. And then Space Cowboy, Cowboy. came out <laughs> as, as a second single. We're like, okay, it's kind of a mix here. Yeah. And then the album debuted, and we're like, Yes, <laughs> praise it. We immediately good. said, give it all the awards. Yes. We were immediately heaping praise upon this it thing. It has deserved it, for sure. Oh, it has deserved it over and over. <laughs> From play after play, I could put that thing on mm-hmm. shuffle. Yeah, yeah. And enjoy it. Would it still work. And it still works. It would still work. That's the thing. That's what Terrence sends a yeah. good, like, a fat, great album to a fantastic album, is that... Not only can you play this thing cover to cover, mm-hmm. you can put this in shuffle any order that they go in, and it is fantastic. And also, if you were making a playlist, like you would act, you it wouldn't just be like, oh, well, I know the song from this album to put on the playlist. No, you would actually have to think about it. You'd be like, no, wait, they're all so good. I need to figure out what makes the most sense. Like the only one I would probably take out is Mother, but that's only like a ninety minutes, ninety second song. It's, yeah, it's short because it is supposed to be short. It's just yeah. a, it's almost like a a thought she had and she wanted to write down really quick in the middle of the record. It's great, right? But it's all, but that song is even of itself a song not only to her mother, yeah, but about but being a mother just being and a wanting mother, to become a mother. Like missing family. It's just like it does so much. It gets so much accomplished in thirty seconds. Yeah, ninety <laughs> seconds. It's, it's crazy. It's just insane, like how how much she can do with such a small amount of time. But every song on that, I mean, mm-hmm. I we only listed one song for our top song because we had to. Because we had to. <laughs> we, that top five songs would probably just be top five songs from Golden Hour. Oh yeah, if <laughs> we could, but no, no. But but even seeing, so I also saw her live perform this album live at Stagecoach. 
and it was a fantastic experience. I think most of the crowd wasn't into it because it wasn't like the high-ranking pop it stuff. It is not festival, festival or arena music. No. It is not. But I enjoyed it immensely. Kristen, my doctor, enjoyed it, enjoyed it immensely. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, no, slow. Yeah, this is the burn. one that transcends audience too, because I'll talk to people about like what their favorite things this year, and everyone I know references Golden Hour at, at, at some point or another. Defies definition. It defies boundary. Yeah. Everybody from people who are really invested into all sorts of music to people who are only casually invested in music, they all love this record. And that's just a testament to how good it is. It's everywhere. Like, like we said, we hear this in Starbucks, in Target, in yeah. shopping malls, and it's like, yeah, that's from that record, and it's amazing. Yep. All right, let's give it to him. Let's let's give it to it. Like, let's just say it. All right. It's got to be the site number one. All right. I guess on three. Yep. Media Boat Podcast uh, twenty. We all do it on three. Uh, <laughs> podcast twenty eighteen. Um, uh, best album is Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. Hour. Easily, you knew that when it came out. Uh, we, we might as well say it here. Well, we were saying that immediately when it came out, but yeah, yeah I think we could now officially, definitively officially say pass that along. All right, well, that will do it then. Uh, not quite. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah, you got to name off the... We got to name the crap we heard. So, so we listened to a lot. Like I said earlier, there's a lot that I want to shout out that wasn't on my top five. That is all top five material. It's just that number. that's how numbers work. You can only include so many. So... One thing I guess none of us included, but we kind of do, kind of have to include in mm-hmm. we listen to, Man of the Woods. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake. There's actually a review on the website if you want to take a look at how I thought Man of the Woods turned out. Give you a hint. Not great. <laughs> That's on Media Boat Podcast. Uh, if you're curious. Uh, also, with that release, we had the Chris Stapleton new album release as well. Yeah, forgot about that. I completely forgot that happened. That was a thing. Uh, we also have Little Dark Ages by MGMT. That happened. Rearview Town by Jason Aldean. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. not on my list. Yeah. Because I'm a fan of Jason Aldean. Didn't make it. Uh, we also have America by 30 Seconds oh, to Mars. God. You can read your thoughts about that on MediaBoatPodcast.com. Yeah, how there are only like two songs on that you should right. listen to and yeah. ignore everything else. <laughs> uh, uh, we also have the new Churches album. Which sucked. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about it. Don't bother. Uh, we also listened to Dayton's by Pusha T. Uh, Daytona, Daytona is the name of that record. Sorry, and yeah, of the Kanye-produced stuff, it's probably the most interesting. Uh, well, but it's because of Pusha and not because of Kanye. Right. Uh, well, speaking of Kanye, we also did Kid Sea Ghosts. Yeah, which you which enjoyed. I enjoyed because of Kid Cudi. Yeah, Kid Cudi is the soul of that thing. Right. Uh, also, Kanye's beats on that. Yeah, he did an okay job. Turns out he's still a pretty good producer, given yeah. all the craziness. Yeah, producer-wise and making music, he's pretty good. So. He can do it. It's the actual like rapping and then talking that he yeah. could probably um, stop. hold, hold off on. so much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We also listened to... The Mountain by Dirk Bentley. That I loved that <laughs> album when it came out. Yeah. And then it kind of went away from yeah, me. Yeah, it just got eclipsed. Like we were saying kind of at the top of this one, country music, man, banner year this year. Just yep. insane year for country music. There was just so much that we couldn't list everything. We yeah. couldn't talk about everything. Uh, we have Yay by Kanye. That sucked. <laughs> Father John Misty. Eh, it was fine. Uh, let's see. Oh, Post Traumatic by Mike Shinoda. Liberation by Christina Aguilera. That thing was okay. That thing, that was, 
an underrated pop record this year. Yeah, I think. that wasn't as bad as it no. may have sounded. It could but have been it was really, just... really terrible, and it wasn't. Well, because that came out on the same week as uh, the Sweetener by Ariana Grande. Right. Yes, and Sweetener is by far the better record. Right. Uh, we also listened to uh, Scorpion, or Ugh, the I sur- somehow survived. Please the struggle through Scorpion. Yeah, that thing's not very good. Uh, we have the self-titled album Dan and Shay by Dan and Shay. Uh-huh. Uh, Queen by Nicki Minaj. Yeah, we talked about that. All of it by Cole Swindell. Uh, which yeah, we we list- talked we didn't talk about that here, but it was fine. Right? List- <laughs> that that title track. Uh, all of it is right. the best thing on that album and then the rest is just kind of also it was weirdly paced because it was all slow at the yeah. beginning and then kind of picked up at the end but yeah, whoever did didn't the get track, to the end the track uh, yeah, sequence, yeah sequencing whoever did the sequencing did not do a good job right uh, we also had Kamikaze by Eminem oh god ugh I know we differ of our opinions about that one. But, yes. Oh man. No, I, th- I think we're sort of the same on the Kamikaze. <laughs> it was really bad. It was a surprise <laughs> release. But yeah, it's just Eminem doing the same Eminem shtick. Yes, and it kind of doesn't really it doesn't play work. as well it in 2018. Uh, War Country, uh, Cry Pretty by Carrie Underwood. Yeah, and I remember this one was kind of mixed too. It was like there's some okay stuff on it. There was a weird crossover pop song on there and but then it's just Carrie Underwood making a Carrie Underwood record I mean she's settled nicely into her Carrie Underwood zone of music yeah I was reading a uh, reading an article the other day that was basically talking about like everything she's done she had such a promising start to her career everybody thought she was going to be such a big deal and she was and all she's done with it is become very middle of the road well well she plays to the LCD yeah, I mean, she plays for that kind of arena thing that we were talking about. The festival arena circuit is the kind of music she makes. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it's that. Just, it's just it's not as good. Like, she's not living up to the potential I thought she had. It's, it's she not pushing. Is no. this the, it's she's not pushing normal. her limits at all. Yeah. Yeah. Disappointing. Um, I also listened to Generation X by Good Charlotte. Uh-huh. Uh, or Generation RX. Yeah, weird comeback, that one. Uh, <laughs> we, we listened to the Carter Five. Yeah, know. that thing is better than I thought it was going to be. Um, it's definitely not a top ten album. In fact, I haven't seen it on anybody's lists. Yeah. <laughs> that being said, it's Lil Wayne back in form. Uh, back how he used to be and with some really, really good tracks on it. Uh, let's see. We also have Trenches by 21 Pilots. Mm-hmm. Shake the Spear by L. King. Yep. That's uh, more to expect from L. King. Three by Lucas Graham. Yeah. Um, that was a Lucas Graham album, all right. Uh, oh, and uh, album for the holidays. All right. A legendary Christmas. John, the, the, the legend, legend John. 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 Alright. Uh, we also have Origins, speaking of by Imagine Dragons. Yeah, yeah, that thing. Uh, we have James Smith. Why do you listen to James Smith? Why did you do that? I think it was under new, and it yeah. was labeled as mixtape. But yeah, that was the thing that happened. Yes. Um, Greatest Showman Reimagined, Delta by Mumford and Sons, mm-hmm. and lastly, Romance Through a Computer by the 1975. Yeah, basically, yes. It's I think the name of that record is an, a brief inquiry uh, up onto online relationships. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, if I might just use, I'm going to be really fast here. Go I ahead. just want to mention some records that 
I want to shout out because they were very, very good. Uh, uh, Chosen Family by Thin Lips, uh, Pillar of Nah by St. Seneca, uh, Falls of the Sun by Swearin, uh, Seven by Beach House. Um, just so many records I didn't get to include. The aforementioned Boy uh, Genius EP, uh, the blah, 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 so many others. Uh, Remember Sports, uh, Slow Buzz. Uh, shoot, there's probably so many I'm not mentioning, but you get the idea. There was way too much music this year. I loved it all. Yes. Except for the ones that I said I didn't love. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah, but overall, it's been a it was middling year with plenty of highlights throughout to yeah. keep us interested. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, that, that does it then for the music episode of our 2018 wrap-up. I'll try to wrap up quick here. Thank you for listening. We'll have a fourth part about video games coming soon, if it's not already uploaded. We'll have a regular show this week on Wednesday. You probably already heard it if you're listening to this. Uh, so, yeah, weeks full of wrap-up podcasts just for our audience. Thanks for listening to this one. We'll be back with video games. If you're ready to listen to that now, click on it now. It's available now on any place where you get our podcasts. Yes. We'll thank, be back. Thank you all for listening to these very long podcasts. Yes. Thank you. But we have more to come. More to come. Stick uh, around. All right. Uh, I guess that's up right now. So Merry Christmas. Go listen happy to it. Happy holidays and a happy new year. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye.